Hello, everyone, and welcome to Design to Product Podcast, where we talk about getting a product from design to a manufactured product. We'll hear about the journeys of people build products, product design principles, DFM guidelines, new materials and processes, working with manufacturers, common mistakes, and much, much more. I'm Adar, I'm your host today, and I'm the CEO of Giga. And if you feel like you deal too much with administrative work when it comes to purchasing custom parts, like searching for the right manufacturing suppliers, requests for quotes, following up or orders, manual data entry, you're probably right, and Giga is the ultimate solution. Giga connects you directly with highly vetted manufacturers and streamlines the process of ordering parts from any manufacturing supplier, including your own, so you can get your parts at better costs and lead times while freeing up a lot of engineering time. And our guest today is TFN Magret. TFN is the co-founder and COO of Product, like proud of the product, which helps entrepreneurs go from idea to market with full service, lower sourcing, and end-to-end supply chain. And it also gives you access to a free executive training session. It's an invite-only session. It's on the show notes for you to access. Uh, So go ahead and take it after the show. TFM, hello. Hey, how are you? How's it going? I'm good. I'm great. And I'm excited to start. Um, Maybe we can start a little bit about uh, your background. Let's talk about product. What is it? Product is a global sourcing company. We are an end-to-end rapid uh, supply chain company where we help set up supply chains from idea to fulfillment rapidly and in, in the smartest way possible, essentially. So we help businesses, whether they need to find suppliers, vendors, logistics, partners in the USA, Brazil, Turkey, Morocco, China, India, all over the world, giving them solutions for their products. Um, we learned early on that many small businesses are unable to scale because their supply chain is either too expensive or isn't fast enough or doesn't give them the capacity or capabilities to expand with their business needs. And same thing with medium businesses. So our goal at Product is to say, let's get you set up with world-class manufacturing from day one. That way you know Whatever your needs may be in the future, you're set up to compete at a world-class level. And you don't have to worry about a customer too big or not being able to fulfill a PO or being bogged down by so much QC from failing supply capabilities that, you know, you have stress in your negotiations. The goal is, you know, for us and we as entrepreneurs, we get this for all of the, our customers be able to focus whatever they do best, whether it be sales or marketing or finance or their core function on the business and to give us the day-to-day of supply chain and let us be that outsource COO operations manager to help them oversee their supply lines as much or as little as they need. Very nice. Very nice. Sounds like a great uh, service. And on your LinkedIn, it says that you left your supply chain job when you realized traditional sourcing solution were broken uh, to launch a product. So what would you say that's broken today in the industry? Well, I think there's a few things that are broken. Um, initially with small businesses, if they're trying to go offshore, their only resource was Alibaba. 
And there's nothing for say wrong with Alibaba, but right. most people are using it completely incorrectly, right? They're using it like Amazon, not like a global marketplace. And, and it's not necessarily their fault. You know, Alibaba is also moving in that direction. But if you've been in supply chain, you've been purchasing long enough, you know, well, if you're not using it right, that tool, you're not going to get the right results. Number two, we also noticed that a lot of um, people were hiring agents that didn't really have experience with a certain product or process or material, and they weren't getting the best results on the manufacturing end. We've seen everything when, when I started product. We had a little consulting with small businesses, and we noticed that even though they were able to get supply, it just wasn't reliable. Like they didn't know who to trust. They didn't know, wait, I can go inspect the factory. They didn't understand that like not only were they allowed, but they definitely should, right? And so we tried to fix that and say, no, you need to understand your supply line. It's your responsibility to be involved and to get hands-on or put someone in place that's transparent and does that for you. That way you have confidence and you understand uh, how to do it. I think product operates a lot like agents traditionally did, but we try to do it in in a way that is really holistic, where we don't just look at uh, purchase price, but we look at total cost to make sure that regardless what's going on, it's a win in the end. All right. So using Alibaba, right, and understanding your supply line. So how would you say that using Alibaba, right, looks like? We don't use Alibaba too much, but mm-hmm. um, we think when you're using Alibaba, it should be less product driven and more process driven. So instead of searching for a certain good, let's say I'm looking for a CNC screw, right? Or we're looking for a custom lug nut or whatever. Instead of searching the lug nut, I should be looking for manufacturers of lug nuts or people that have the capabilities of making this lug nut or whatever the part is. It doesn't really matter, right? Or the good. And then once I I find a list of all those suppliers, which by the way, that's a function on Alibaba. Instead of clicking products in the search bar, you click suppliers. Most people don't know that. Mm -hmm. Why? I don't know, but it's beyond me. Then once you do that, you should go through each of those vendors and say, depending on what you're looking for. Am I looking for a trade company that can help me manage like hundreds of parts and I just need them to get in between me? Or am I looking to go direct manufacturer? Or am I looking for something else? And you you get that list of suppliers on there because they, they, they put them all in one basket, right? You can't sort them out, right? And then you should say, okay, what are, if I'm looking for manufacturer, which ones of these vendors are actually manufacturers of these types of goods that have experience in this commodity. Then you go through and you make that list. Then you're going to put them through whatever your strategic supplier screen is, where you're going to audit them. You're going to do supplier reviews, factory inspections, check financials, uh, paperwork, employee, human resources, make sure they're compliant, all the things, right? And then once you've done that, you might have two or three qualified suppliers that actually meet your criteria, Mm -hmm. then you can actually go and get quotes for manufacturing. Most people don't do that. They just go and they say, oh yeah, this person sells a lug nut on Alibaba. They must be a supplier. I should trust them. Here's my money. Yeah. 
He was or whatever the part is, you know, it could be a, a bathtub or a cell phone or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this is what we saw, you know, with COVID, a lot of people got burned because they want to like, and said, this person sells masks. I'll just buy their masks. And they realized, wait a second, the person that was selling me masks usually sells picture frames. Why is this person selling masks? Mm-hmm. So Why did I get? Sorry. So, so what are the signals for picking the right supplier for what I need? Like what, what should I look for to understand that? Yeah, this is the right supplier for exactly for what I need. Yeah. Good question. So we, we screen for a few different things. Um, and like in procurement, right? It's, um, we sorted out product, which is basically, uh, function and durability. Does it do what I need it to do? Does it last how I need it to last? Can I get it when I need it? And then is the price what it needs to be? And so we try to screen our suppliers with that in mind as far as the product, right? To make the deal make sense. Is this person able to make what I need them to make? Can they make it the quality I need it to be made? Is it going to be as durable? Do they have experience in this skill? Are they available to make it or are my lead times just through the roof and it just doesn't make sense? And finally, can they make it at a price it needs to be? And so that's what we go into it. We try to look at the bigger picture. Just because they're not currently making this part doesn't mean they don't have the capability of making that part. And that's oftentimes where you find the diamond in the rough. Mm -hmm. Someone that can and would if they had the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so they want that business because it gives them a new vertical of business, a new uh, category of products that they can sell and pitch to other businesses. Mm -hmm. And so that's really where we look to strive. Someone that's highly skilled, that's very good at what they do, but that isn't necessarily doing this. And the other advantage of doing that that people don't think about, if a manufacturer is making your product, um, but they're not traditionally in that industry, Mm -hmm. that means your competitors aren't going to know this vendor and they're not going to see your products on the floor currently being developed, right? Mm -hmm. I, I say an example, you know, watches. We made a lot of watches. We've made watches in China. Um, no, not the Swiss watches, but, but very nice, uh, Chinese watches. The best manufacturers don't allow you to walk the floor, right? And so they're trying to conceal the branding and the future launches of their customers. You can do that with apparel where you move it to a facility that others don't know, or you can have a part made that would normally be made in like a medical facility but you're making a different facility just to make sure your competitors don't have access to it nice so consider working with manufacturers then not don't necessarily do exactly what you're doing but have the capability to do that maybe you'll find golden opportunities that right totally and and if you can find um a vendor that does exactly what you're doing and that's what they do all day long and they're a specialist they might have the best price but they might not be the most available. And mm-hmm. so you're always trying to measure like what's the, what's the right way. But we found the diamond in the rough is usually that person that's got the capabilities. They're hungry. They're interested in the business. It's something they want to do. And then they'll take you on and say, let's make it happen. Nice. That's a great tip. Um, and obviously there's also the supply chain challenges right now. So oh yeah. Probably you've yeah. heard of them. Um, global, yeah, not sleeping much. 
<laughs> definitely. So how do uh, companies face this, uh, these challenges, especially small businesses or startups that uh, don't necessarily have the leverage on suppliers, don't necessarily have the buying power? How do they uh, work and, and face these challenges? What do you see? Well, the, the last, I'm not saying this anymore, but you know, a year, year and a half ago, the solution was bigger purchase orders, order earlier, buy more, plan on having inventory on hand. And we know a lot of businesses that bought a year's worth of inventory in advance because, you know, they had the cash and they knew that they were going to need it. Um, so, so that's what most businesses did, including Walmart, Target, Costco. I mean, major enterprises, they just issued fat purchase orders. And now they're actually cutting those back and it's in the news. We're like, ah, recession. It's like, well, that's not really what's going on there. They're leveling back to previous levels, right? Mm -hmm. For most small businesses, if you are actually a, a small business and you're not spending, you know, enormous amounts of money and POS, you don't have the huge buying power. I say be transparent with your business partners, with your suppliers. They get it. They work with other small businesses. They understand. They want you to be successful. They have no interest in you failing. They want you to grow. They want the relationship to last. They want you to continue to place orders. And so be transparent and say, look, what is it going to take to get it in these times? What are the constraints? Tell me straight. You know, in, in China, they never want to lose face. They never want to be embarrassed. You never want them to feel that way. So if you give them the opportunity to say, what needs to happen for us to keep supplying on the same schedule? When do I have to make my payments? Have them be forthright with you with that information. And then you need to execute on what they're telling you. That way you push the burden of um, responsibility back onto them to deliver based on the criteria they provided you. The, the, the last thing is you do have to be patient. I mean, there's just a lot of disruption, whether it be raw material shortages, lockdowns, shipping delays and congestion. Like you have to be understanding, but I think just transparency straight talk, get to the suppliers and say, what will it take to deliver on these dates and this timeline and these quantities? This is what I need. And I'll tell you this, a lot of suppliers are, are negotiating again and they're moving the needle a little bit on payment terms for businesses that needed to place bigger purchase orders. That didn't happen, you know, three, four years ago, especially in China, they're kind of saying too bad, so sad right? It's happening again right now. So it's an interesting opportunity for people to renegotiate payment terms and uh, move things in their favor. We even have partners that said, I'll store the, um, the increased um, inventory overseas until you need it. So they're allowing you to place bigger purchase orders and not pay the balance of the entire order until you need it again. So lots of creative things you can do, but you can't, you don't have options until you talk about it directly, openly, just straight business talk. Right. So transparency, relationship building, expectation setting, and um, also there are various opportunities like uh, renegotiating re payment terms. Uh, sounds like some tools that can help uh, face these challenges. Um, and, and there's so many options and your supplier might say, oh, you know, we've done this for another company and it's a creative solution that you haven't thought of. Mm -hmm. And so I say, you know, like, just talk straight. You won't know what they are and what they're willing to do until you start having the conversation, right? Mm -hmm. And who knows, maybe your supplier is hurting and he can't help you. And you're like, well, 
if they're in financial trouble, maybe I should start thinking about that, right? So I think just relationship, straight talk, it's the best way to identify opportunities and options to improve, streamline, move out of the way, whatever has to happen, right? Right. Just relationships and, and direct communication is such key. Uh, it's so important to to have the transparency and level of of trust between you and the suppliers. You know what they're capable of. You know you know they can offer you some options. So this is this is key. Um, so many Definitely. times I see companies that treat their suppliers like only on a transactional basis. That's sh- such an opportunity loss. Uh, that there's so much that they can do. So much more to it. It's not just about costs and lead times. It's about much more than that, and it could be impactful in your business. Well, well, I'll tell you this. It was two years ago. It was uh, during COVID, actually, you know, when most factories had crazy delays and I had a customer call me and they said, we, we just landed this enormous PO, but we have to have the goods landed in the USA in five weeks. I needed to make bags back. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. We had eight weeks and bags traditionally take about five to seven weeks to make. So we had to make it. We had to design it, make it, ship it in eight weeks. And I called a supplier in the middle of the night and he picked up, said, send me the drawings. It'll be done. And it's just, it doesn't always happen. Right. But when that happens, like it's because of the amount of business when I told them, I need this. Like, I need this right now. I'm not going to call you for every order, but this one I need right now. And it it wasn't a question. Let's do it. Execute it. And we delivered and the customers ordered again and again, and again. Right. Why wouldn't they? they value their relationship and you, you know that uh, they can be trusted um, when things, uh, when you need them to, to do it. So that's, that's key. Yeah. Definitely so. Um, what about aligning different teams? I see a lot of challenges between like when engineering has to be involved in, in certain orders and then purchasing have to also be involved and approve the purchase orders. Um, how do you align these different teams uh, that are involved in, in different stages of, uh, of, of purchasing, basically? Yeah, it's extremely challenging, especially when working with people that don't have experience in the sourcing or procurement side of the business. Mm-hmm. Great people. We love them all. But an engineer will always want to make things perfectly, the ideal way, the way it was designed to be made. Yeah. And on sourcing and manufacturing, you're, you're more, I'm going to make this, or I'm trying to find the solution to make it in a way that's most economical. We might have to pivot a little bit from the original design. And then sales and marketing, you know, they're like, sell, 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 fast, <laughs> fast, fast, right? We got to make it right, right? We don't want to sell defects. And again, I think that the... The solution that we found is just setting expectations from the beginning, you know, telling them this isn't a one week thing. This isn't going to happen in a month. This is what these are the milestones and checkpoints have to happen along the way for us to be able to source and sell this. Um, the, the problems generally happen under time constraint. We found that. People work around costs. They understand cost constraints. They understand negotiations or um, sacrifices have to be made from one party in order to win. Like that's usually understood. Time constraints is usually what people don't understand. Mm-hmm. Some goods take longer to make. And that's where frustrations happen because, you know, 
um, sourcing is waiting on engineering. And engineers say, well, we're not done. We haven't validated. We haven't tested. And sales is waiting on sourcing. And they're talking to the sourcing guys, why isn't this done? We're like, well, the engineer guy's not done. Or the manufacturer is still sampling. Or DHL is taking three weeks instead of five days. Right? right. And so we Sometimes found most people are not exposed to different issues of the others. So the engineer doesn't know that there are so many things that delay the process from the sourcing perspective. And they just like, what, why didn't you issue a PO yet? But there's a lot of issues to be solved yet. You don't really know about them. Is that right? So just having that transparency is sometimes challenging. Yeah, having the transparency and setting expectations, I think, just regardless what your role is. So, it, for example, if you are the salesperson and you say, look, we need to be selling in four months, like on on October 10th is our sales date, like it has to be here, then everyone knows, okay, front of the line, this is our only priority. Or if it's not possible, they would have to come back and say, you, that's not even doable. It would have to be November 10th or whatever it is. That's the only way it's successful. When you skip that expectation step, problems happen. Like yeah. Major problems happen. It's just basic project management, you know, like, and even if you're not the project manager, it's your responsibility to say, these are our criteria, our protocol, our timeline, our constraints. Got it. Got it. And, and what about you work with? many startups you work in many small businesses as well and probably it's sometimes it's about the time that they have to be the supply chain team um what's the right time to do that when is the right time when they should seriously consider um adding a supply chain person uh, start thinking about um manufacturing terms rather than like initial prototyping what's the right signals or stages for that so th that depends on every company and business. I don't know that there's a right revenue number. Someone has to make the purchasing decisions, right? You can outsource the actual sourcing. You can outsource the uh, logistics, the manufacturing, the fulfillment, the warehousing. Those are all things you can outsource. But the actual procurement, telling someone, I'm going to pay you and make it, that's an in-house process. Mm -hmm. There's many businesses, you know, like Apple has a supply chain team, but they outsource most of the sourcing, manufacturing, logistics. We're talking about the second largest company in the world, right? Right. So when's the right time? I, I, I don't, the answer is I don't know. It, every business is different, but it's really, you have to control the procurement, the development and the sales. And then your sourcing and your supply chains involved in that, but you don't need to control every function of the supply chain to be successful. So you're probably bringing in a planner and a procurement officer and maybe a controller who's in charge of payments and just following up on things initially. And then that person would probably, if, if it were me, would probably direct the sourcing activities and uh, manage them as an outsource solution, just like they would an employee. I feel most businesses undervalue and underutilize their vendors. They don't realize their vendors have tons of resources, experience. Mm -hmm. They've seen different products, different solutions, different uh, application. And I feel, and I've seen this personally, where they they spin their wheels trying to fix a problem when really they could have just turned to 
their partners and say, hey, how would you address this? Mm-hmm. We've done this in the past where we turn to a factory like, you know, we're looking for this problem we can't find. They, oh, we also make that. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. They go, oh yeah, we have a whole other building that's dedicated to these types of products. Nice. And it just opened our eyes. Wait a second. Where they have excess capacity, excess skills that we're not utilizing. So when the right time to bring an employee, I don't know. But Depends. before you bring someone in, I would say, can this person be more involved and provide more solutions for our company? Nice. TFN Magre, co-founder and CEO of Product. Thank you for being with us today. It was very, very insightful. Well, thanks for having me. This was a ton of fun. Thank you. Thank you.